and this trap door leads to a basement that's full of fucking gold. There's gold everywhere, and because it's also connected to her brother's basement. Your, your <laughs> exactly. Your father was incredibly rich, so obviously he converted all of that into gold ingots because that yes. is a highly liquid asset. <laughs> <laughs> I can't so if it's he, hot enough. Welcome to Annie Files, episode 31, where the Imperial Library Intelligence Asset Management Bureau here to investigate some sentient books. I'm your host, the Kawaii Hime-sama with no agency of my own, Ryan. With us today, we have the incredibly blunt inspector, Chris. Hey. His cute blonde sidekick, Dean. I'm, I'm cute and blood. I gotta attack my books all the fucking time, cause that's a job. And the busty agency director, Jake. Yo, what's up? And, uh. We're gonna talk about some anime. We sure Probably. are. Probably. <laughs> so, this is the uh, Ryan Had to Work Today edition, so. Yeah, yeah well, this well, is. Welcome to Drinky Files. Fuck yeah! (laughs) Welcome to Drinky Files, episode 22? 20. I think 21. Welcome to Drinky Files. I think that show was abandoned at 20. (laughs) Well, never turned 21. That's it. I I was underage the entire time. I think Dean and I recorded like two more episodes, and I was supposed to edit them, and then I lost the audio. So, uh, I think they also didn't come out very good because, like, I had to drive 300 miles each way to Lubbock and stay the night with Dean, and we got a little too shit-faced each time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they, so they, they weren't the best episodes ever recorded. <laughs> we found... There's, there's a balance that has to be struck if you're having alcohol on a podcast. I learned this many years oh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we, I think we found our sweet spot around episode 8 or 9 or so. Right. And and jumped over it a couple of times after. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a couple of shows that have three hours of audio and two of which were never aired. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. how you get to the good stuff. Oh, at least at some point we learned to cut that out instead of releasing Actually the posting it. <laughs> four hours. <laughs> The first episode we have to talk about today is Doreku, the animation. And I don't remember anything about this show. This was the one with the. uh, This is the one with the uh, really kind of cool concept about um, the thing. The, the retainers. Definitely. Yeah, so, the retainers. Uh, Doriku, the, Doriku the animation is a show about uh, people who wear BDSM retainers and uh-huh. get into card battles, and whoever loses becomes the other one's slave for life because uh, reasons. 
Um, until the, until they're released. Un- until they're released, if you can get your owner to release you, and and right. I don't. Jake and I watched this together last night, and I was like, I'm torn. Like it's half a cool premise, and half like I don't understand how any of this works or is supposed to work wait so it, we, it's not it's not explain... half you thought it was a good premise half you didn't know it was supposed to work it is literally half of a good premise yeah, uh, like, so yes. it was almost a good idea and then but the other 50 never was. was a stupid ass <laughs> idea did yeah. we ever explain how we rate shows no we didn't oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I, I made the audio and it's just like everybody's just like nope nope we're, we totally forgotten <laughs> no. about it it's what it, it it makes sense once you make the audio and stuff like that. It's like you feel like it's already been done. Um, but yeah, this is this is that. This is that thing. This is how that that gets done. That stuff. This is the Andy Files rating system. Our hosts have watched the first episode of each show we're reviewing today. Based on that first episode alone, each host will answer five yes or no questions to determine their score. Did the art impress you? Did the audio impress you? Did the storytelling impress you? Did the first episode hook you? Did anything else about this show stand out to you? This wording makes the Antifiles rating system tougher than some. If a host says they were impressed, it means the show is at least above average in that area, and some hosts may have higher standards than others. Each question answered yes earns the show one point, and these points add up to a total score between 0 and 5 per host. The host's individual scores are then combined to determine a show's final rating from 0 to 100%, letting you know at a glance whether the show impressed our hosts. Now, let's get to our first show. Okay, okay now we can talk about Doriku, the animation. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we've got, we've got S&M retainers, we've got that childhood bullshit, if I beat you, you're my slave for life concept taken to the extreme. And what else? <laughs> no, it was due to some... some inflated sense of guilt or something i can't remember um, exactly what obligation obligation yeah, yeah man this was like almost cool but really dumb that's <laughs> that's how i feel about it it was just it's just stupid like i didn't there was they kind of went to the most obvious place too it's like they yeah. open with the scene mm-hmm. of like have sex with me okay i will have sex with you it's like okay <laughs> it's like, yeah. like well, this it, is where we're gonna it, live, I suppose. <laughs> and they sort of went with like an interesting direction, which is like at least the the implicit thing based on episode one is this idea of they're gonna have like the the thrill seeker who wants to test himself in these like life or death duels or whatever. But he has insurance and what's her name. But I think a more interesting take on this would be like something of a grander scope, and maybe that's where they're going with it eventually. Because um, there was some hint of. Uh, the main character when she was narrating singing like oh i almost i almost bought that half-baked story back in the day which kind of implies that he was doing something more with it um but i don't know <laughs> the first episode wasn't super promising in my opinion yeah no it wasn't it was the first episode was all over the place so we had our little opening sequence which was completely pointless it was like a bunch of people at a bar playing cards and one of them wins and one of them loses. And so, yeah, he makes that comment. Chris said, like, have sex with me. And her eyes go, like, blank. And she's like, okay. And everyone else at the table is like, what the fuck is going on? Right. And then I, it goes into like, an x-ray and shows the retainer and then, behind his teeth. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does that. And then it does the intro. And then we never see those people again. And then the, 
the episode follows two different people, uh, Aya and I can't find the name of the other the other of person it follows. Big dumb Yuga? creepy guy. Yeah, him. Oh. Uh, well, him and uh, I think we're following more the girl than him, but I don't remember her name. <clears throat> the uh, the uh, we did skip over something. The there's actually some interesting exposition by proxy, um, which I feel like the whole opening sequence was, which was like when people were on the phone talking about this thing, right? So mm. so they were able mm-hmm. to do some expository stuff there without actually hammering us over the head with exposition, and I thought that was actually clever. Of course, they yeah, undercut it by doing exactly what they shouldn't have fucking done later on in the episode. <laughs> but I mean it. It was clever at the beginning. Yeah, and I actually, agree. that particular sequence does an interesting thing for me too, where the show is clearly kind of exploring to some extent what happens when a sort of easily acquirable technology like this kind of becomes a pop phenomenon in a sense, if for lack of a better term. So, like, just what what happens when this gets in the hands of the stupid public, not as kind of like this big government conspiracy thing where, like, oh, yeah, there's these, like, you know, secret people in the shadows who have this technology that can do this thing. Uh, It's just like, no, here's what's going to happen when, like, dumb, reckless, uh, irresponsible people get their hands on technology that does shit like this. Yeah, it's like, look at at what happens when these assholes get a hold of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I just didn't think it was good or interesting. Really, it was kind of interesting, but like, uh, mm. I feel like half of a good premise is the best way to describe the show. Yeah, like, I, I yeah. agree with that. Agreed. It was. It was you weird would... the way that they chose to undercut their clever exposition at the beginning. That really bothered the shit out of me. Because like later on in the episode, it's just pure beating you over the head with "This is what this thing does." <laughs> and it was totally unnecessary and annoying. I bet there was some board meeting with the writer where a bunch of guys in suits were like, I don't understand what's happening here. You have to tell us. And then he had to like change it later or something. I'm not sure, but that sounds not incorrect. Ugh. Right. The flow and the, like the, the pacing's the wrong word, but the plotting was really odd too, because they did mm-hmm. this thing where they cut back and forth between the different storylines and, it just felt really disjointed and like yep. you weren't it's like you know where it's going and so there wasn't really this need to kind of like have the weird setup where like hey so like you know mc's friend got dumped by this dude who invites them to a date with his boyfriend who's not actually yada 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 uh and then like just out of nowhere like hey come join me at the karaoke bar i need to talk to you about something and then cut away from them and then come back to them like way too long later to have him just yeah. exposition away all this stuff. They, it they just, really needed like a you, like a clock in the center or something to show <laughs> what time it was because we needed to kind of recover from that fucking. Well, I mean, I could I could follow it. It was just like yeah, it, odd choices. The way they cut everything together just didn't just, have just like a really logical. It, it yeah. felt like they you, were uh, trying to be clever in the edit, but mm-hmm. didn't really do it too well. Chris, you missed the part where they're in the swan boats on the lake because when Jake and I were watching this, I got to make a don't rock the boat joke. <laughs> I almost laughed. I, I did see that scene, and I might have enjoyed it more if I was there for that joke. <laughs> that, that, that was the most out-of-place fucking sequence in the whole episode. <laughs> that made no fucking sense. It's like, we've already gotten... 
rape and now there's this weird like sexually charged boat date where they're rocking the in boat. very close proximity <laughs> mm-hmm. like we get we get this sort of pseudo pseudo sexual like conversation happening just not a couple of minutes away from a a pretty harrowing rape scene <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> don't trust guys with fedoras no okay. fucking moral never of the story do. Uh, man, I don't know. This show. Interesting I mean, concept. Gonna, bad execution. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think it looked particularly nice. I didn't think it sounded particularly nice. It sounded and looked fine. Um, it just. It just didn't really have anything cool about it. I guess the retainers weren't really cool. They were actually pretty dorky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, why would you do why would you go with retainers in the in like in the in the time of in the era of the airpod like why wouldn't you go with like with something like that instead retainers why retainers why not why not like wireless bluetooth headphone style things or something like that like hey listen to this song haha <laughs> you're my slave now like i don't understand <laughs> uh, that, that was that was caligula <laughs> That was uh, we've already done that this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there could be something physiologically to sort of answer your question because, like, <clears throat> the roof of your mouth actually like has. Um, uh, I forget exactly off the top of my head, but there's something about like how the absorption in the roof of your mouth can actually get to your brain very quickly. So, if in theory they were like emitting some sort of hormone or whatever else, um, it could reach your brain very quickly through the roof of your mouth without having to like do an injection or anything like that on that note this show has a weird fascination with trying to poorly explain how these things work yeah like (laughs) yeah it it amplifies your sense of obligation so much that if you take this thing out you'll be obligated to put it back in and if you have strong enough willpower to resist that obligation you're going to basically die is what they alluded to like it's just gonna cause your brain to hemorrhage or something (laughs) it Um, doesn't make any sense and it in the and like (laughs) i wish that they would have just kind of let it be that's another situation too that we had where it's like they're 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 so like you said they're so fascinated by trying to explain what this thing is that it's like no 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 just no stop yeah i don't you're 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 abs- you're actively in trying to make this more believable. You are actively killing the believability of this. Yeah, yeah. Like make it some mysterious black market technology that nobody has seen or heard of before that changes people. Like that's cool. I kind of not okay. It's still it's still like a death retainer, but like <laughs> <laughs> it, it would at least be more interesting if it was a completely unknown substance that that kind of compels us to learn more about it in the next episodes but there wasn't really anything that made me there's no shit about episode two they spent an inordinate amount of time trying to justify and to share the motivations of what's apparently going to be our two main characters which is you know mc girl and um risk-taking dude um but i think they actually did a better job storytelling wise like it wasn't amazing but they did a better job with the other storyline i thought where i agree like thing happens to this girl she wants to take revenge she sets up this elaborate plot to beat the guy at this bet um and then like what follows after that um 
Whereas with the other one, it's like, okay, these people are in theory just like her her whole thing is like there's this thing inside of me where like I wanna I wanna like take risks and push myself or see what I can do or whatever other BS there is, which maybe leads to an interesting commentary, a meta commentary on um meaninglessness in our modern age. But they, um, could, they could have like shown that instead of told us that. Yeah, exactly. That's the exactly. thing. Is like they, they spend a lot of time trying to just tell us why we ought to believe that these people would do this. Yeah. Um, instead of just kind of like telling us a story like the other storyline did. Yeah, like any time, anytime you have to tell me about a character trait, you're doing your anime wrong because it's a character trait. They should be able to exhibit that because it's who they are as a person, not right. like I love taking risks. Like just show you gambling in a shot once, and then that's enough. Like you, or you don't maybe even have to work that hard. Maybe maybe go compete in fucking X Games. Like do something <laughs> that shows that you have like Sky a drive diving. to push yourself or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like do. Do something cool. I don't even understand. Oh, Speaking of exhibiting character traits, the other thing they did is when they showed um, uh, that that one part where the two stories overlap, where um, the online couple was meeting at the cafe. It's like, uh, what do you how, what do you think their relationship is like? Oh, she probably just met, um, and like, it's like I guess it's just intuition, or she looked like she wanted to go, or something. It's like, I think there's a lot more context clues, like just in the shot they showed that tells you they just met. <laughs> like, girl it's like that with dude that. like that, odds are not she very good that they're super. <laughs> she did this super fucking stupid, distracting thing where, as she's talking, she's 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 got this necklace and she's messing with the pendant on the necklace oh, while yeah. she's doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, what's special about this necklace? What's cool? About about this pendant on this necklace that makes her understand what's happening over there. No, fucking nothing. That was just a distraction, a distracting piece of animation that they put in this dumb fucking show to, I don't know why. Um, it seems like because, because that was part of the ending theme, it might be some faux symbolism piece. I'm not sure, though. It seems like they wanted to cast some sort of uh, attention to it. Right. It, it really, but it was, it, it made me think, in the context that it was in the show, I'm just like, what? What what's cool about that necklace that's make that's making her able to get into this? I don't I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. It's an incredibly rare pendant that like costs millions of dollars. So for someone to have that without <laughs> having a lot of money means they're passed down to them by their parents. Um, oh, oh wait, that's oh, sorry, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so ratings, we have to do ratings. Yeah, we're, ratings. we're taking too long on this crap. <laughs> <laughs> My ratings for the show. Did the art impress me? Uh, actually. Zeros across the board. No, nothing about the show stood out or was good. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I'll just keep it short. Zeros across the board. Mm-hmm. Dean? Uh, same. Jake? Yeah, same thing. Cool. All right. That that might have been... This might be the most dog shit reviewed show on this podcast, and it really actually wasn't worse than some of the other shows we've had. No, see, it wasn't. See, that, that's why I like shows that are bad. I like watching bad anime. I like watching yeah. good anime. I don't like watching mediocre anime because there's fucking mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. Chris... You want to tell us about Last Period, the journey to the end of The Despair? <laughs> the Despair, yes. Um, so this is... Um, I, I always look this sort of thing up after I watch the show because they make it pretty obvious. Um, but you, you could tell pretty quickly this is an adaptation of a mobile game. Uh, so basically a commercial of sorts. Um, it's a show about people who want to become punctuation. Um 
they want to be periods to put the to to finish the sentence that is the <laughs> you, you, the, the <laughs> be, be the punctuation or the run on sentence of despair. Um, basically, they're 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 basically just like they came up with like some weird cool term to describe like the the heroes who fight against the darkness. Blah blah blah. Um, actually, the show was was kind of pleasantly tongue in cheek given what it was. <clears throat> so. Basically, there's these agencies in this town, and these agencies hire these periods, or people who are applying to become periods, um, in order to uh, fight against the darkness. But they do it for uh, for profit. They don't just do it uh, out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, mercenaries. Yeah, basically. And so they're actually competing uh, the key, competing uh, companies, or whatever you want to call them, houses, guilds, I forget. Um, there's actually kind of a funny little joke I enjoyed in there uh, at one point where... Um, people who were in this one that just went under, which is kind of the focal point of the story. Um, the, he's uh, talking to a recruiter from someplace else. He's like, oh, yeah, someone with ambition can go really far here if they're willing to work hard. And then the person, the other person's like, no, don't listen to them. That's just corporate speak for, uh, you know, you're going to be working 80 hours oh, a week. Yeah. Right, uh, right. The, the job <laughs> fair jokes were actually pretty on point. That was pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Totally. Um, but basically, there's this guy who's, like, applied, like, 38 times or something like that. He's never gotten in. Um, and then the place that he was wanting to work for uh, went under because all their gold was stolen um, right from under their noses. Uh, and so they're shuddering. And so essentially what happened is they're trying to retain as many people as they can, which is not very many because nobody wants to work for free, um, except our naive hero, uh, to kind of, like, work a few jobs at discounted rates to basically, like, get back up to where they were. Um, and so that's that's the quest of the show. It's you're you're starting at zero and you're trying to build your way back up. Uh, and there was some stuff about they took a job with someone who didn't want to pay them. He's kind of being a um, I'm drawing massive a word. asshole. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> he, he he's uh, skimping on them. I guess you, could, you can say or whatever the term was. Um, and so another team comes along. That's uh, they're they're was- the anti-period periods. Um, they want to uh, to beat all the periods. The commas. Uh, maybe they're maybe they're commas. They're semicolons. They're yeah. um, they're they're m dashes. There you go. They have like a similar effect, but they don't actually close the sentence. Um, you just kind of like leave it off in the middle of the of the sentence and kind of switch to something else. Uh, wise man, which actually I kind of did enjoy their wise man kind of deal. That was that was kind of fun. Um, and then there was something where like they're going to duel each other. They're going to send out their strongest person each to decide who is going to be able to take the job. And then they get into summons. And that's where if you didn't know it was an app before, it is definitely an app now because oh. uh, they summon the one star pleb um, who's useless and they get beaten. But then the other team, I, I wasn't paying super close attention, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how. Um, Basically, and, zero uh, of ten, this show has microtransactions. But again, <laughs> kind of, right. <laughs> but going back to why I think it was kind of like tongue in cheek in a fun way from a lot of it, it was because, like, you know, the corporate jokes and they were self aware about the summoning and all this different stuff. Like, the person who they're summoning from is like, hey, I'm going to give you like a free one for your first time, like they always do in those mobile apps. And right. uh, um, the, the, it was funny because, like, the one character um, that kind of exhibited. 
that didn't seem to be aware that this was a meta sort of show um, was the, was MC because he was kind of like again the naive, uh, upbeat. I'm gonna like you know do this to help save this place, and I want to be a period and save people and help and that sort of thing. But everyone else around him is like, no, we're working for free. What the crap? Or like you know trying to like bring some realism to it. Even the people who are hiring them are like kind of like trying to brush under the rug the fact that like we're not really gonna be paying you for any of this. You can use the spare room. It's totally empty. Uh, <laughs> you know? There was the fourth um, wall breaker, uh, breaking character as well. The the chick with the white hair, I believe, uh, broke the fourth wall a mm-hmm. few times. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in a way, MC is kind of like what apps like this want their players to be. Uh, they want them to kind of like ignore the the corporate veneer of you're basically just paying us money to unlock JPEGs and tap the screen multiple times. Um, Instead, we but want I'll you to still think play Dragon Ball cool Legends every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem Heroes, and uh, that's got similar similar issues. But uh, actually, a really good game overall, I have to say. Yeah. Um, but this is not this is not a gaming show. This is an anime show. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was the opening episode setting up the quest that is going to be the ongoing uh, mobile app mobile game experience. That is the last period journey to the end of the despair. Uh. Oh my god. Sucks. (laughs) Every best girl this season has pink hair. Have you noticed that? I don't know about that. I don't remember enough about this season to prove you wrong. This season character This season it was more like a red strawberry blonde. Which is why in our first episode for this season I I did the intros where we were all the different. Everybody was a redhead. I pink hair hasn't been quite as common this season, I don't think. Not since Angel Beats. Well, Darling in the Franks. I guess Darling in the Franks was last season, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was red hair, wasn't it? Was it red hair? No, her, Zero Two's hair is pink. Uh, but there was a redhead. Somebody didn't watch much of that show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's coming to a close. I'm pretty excited. Uh, this isn't that show, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey. So do you want to go in and do your rankings, talk about what we thought my about first it? Note, my first note on this show is how not to exposition the animation. Like, this is this show is so, again, we're talking about beating you over the head with exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, my second note on this show is definitely not Konosuba. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because this show is exactly Konosuba. <laughs> Worse Konosuba, even. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think I think we're on record as not liking that show. I, I, not I'm past happy to go one, on record no. once more and say I did not like that show. The first season's entertaining, but season two is it's just it's there's no way. I to always go had with mixed show, feelings about season point. one. Like it was humorous. It was it was good anime night fodder. Is what that was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah. we That's tried watching the like beginning it. of season two, and just we're just like, no, f this. <laughs> like yep. it's not even worth it. <laughs> um, there was something else I wanted to say about this show. I don't remember what it was. I hated MC. I was yelling at MC <laughs> through the entire episode. That's correct. I wonder though if we're supposed to like MC, like okay, so I think I think we are right. It, 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 like that was the intention, but the way I'm reading it again is kind of like oh. a sort of weird self-aware meta critique of like mobile apps like this. I think actually like I am reading it like someone who is playing along with the people who knew what they were working on. If that makes sense, 
But he's like um, barely fucking there. Like, that's the thing, is he's so inconsequential, he just says yes to all of the things that need to be said yes to. I think that's, that's part of the character, is like, is he's just gonna, he's just gonna, anytime anybody says anything, like, hey, we have to do this thing, he's gonna say, why is that? And they're gonna go, plot reasons. And he's gonna say, awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and fuck that noise. <laughs> no, I remembered what I was gonna say. Um, that's not how moving works, you fuckwads. Oh, that made me so angry. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was yelling at the TV for most of this show, but especially for that part where they're like, yep, so uh, your house is just immediately gone. We sold it to the, the gods who buy houses. All the furniture is stolen, <laughs> by the way. Just none of your personal belongings, because, you know, that's how that works. Oh, yeah. God. And, and this is the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Oh, man. We sold your house and everything in it because we have legal right to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. And you sense. still want to work for us. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so ratings. Um, uh, zeros. Just straight zeros across the board for me. Yeah, straight zeros for me, too. Chris? Um... I'm going to give it a one on the other category uh, for what I already mentioned, kind of like the tongue and cheekness. Um, that's like worth half a point worth. The other half point was I kind of weirdly enjoyed the whole wise man thing. Like even like the ending, they kind of like had their little, their little bit. Um, they were like, we're it was totally corny. Not team rocket. Don't worry. Yeah, about exactly. <laughs> that's, that was my I first thought when I first saw them actually. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I kind of had enough fun with that bit that I'll, I'll go in and give it a one for that other category. Otherwise, though, yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't impressive. Dean, I think I'll do the same, but for the comedy. I actually laughed at this show, and uh, I, I've said before, for anime to make me laugh is um, and laugh like 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 a real laugh, like like not just like a that's supposed to be funny. No, like to actually be funny. Um, that's that's not an easy hill to climb for anime. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah. gonna give it a one in the wildcard category for legitimately being funny. Okay. Cool. Zeros on everything else because this was actually <laughs> a garbage fucking show, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, Leighton Mystery Detective Agency, Cat's Mystery Solving Files. Dean, you wanna tell us about this show? <laughs> Okay, so this is a child show for children. Yes. And <laughs> yes. you know this because at the very beginning of the show, it says, Hey, kids, don't sit too close to your fucking TV and turn the lights on, you dumbass morons. Um, it also has the time in the corner. Was it broadcast that way? I don't know. But it was wrong, and it freaked me the fuck out, because it said 8.31, and I'm over here, and it's fucking 9.45 at night, so and I'm confused. I think most shows actually do that. It's just that, like, we get it when someone just rips the broadcast directly. Yeah. Um, it's like a TV, right? What are you talking about? I yeah. bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The Blu-ray, that's totally out right now. You, no, you, you saw the time because you flew to Japan to watch it, but your body clock was still on Texas time. So you were seeing uh, right, 8 o'clock, right, but it exactly. felt like 3 in the morning. Yeah. Yes, okay. that's exactly right. Uh, so this show is about the daughter of that video game character nobody gives a shit about, and she's doing stuff. <laughs> Jake, I'm sorry. <laughs> I could just leave. Okay, okay, I, have to, I have to say real quick. Look, I have man. to say real quick. 
<laughs> I, I've not played Professor Layton like main series, but I did play um, Professor uh, Professor Layton Cross Phoenix Wright or whatever that game was called. And that game was legit. I have to say, like I really enjoyed that game. And um, well, I never did get around to playing Professor Layton. It was kind of like, okay, I can see myself getting into it's, this potentially. It's, it's like if you want to have a really okay um, anime story, but also like figure out how to move this one uh, train car down to the bottom with a bunch of other train cars inside of it. That's kind of the experience. Um, yeah, it's a puzzle game. And so yeah. like, there's a mystery-solving yeah. element pretty much on every game, but it's kind of incidental. It's through the story. Yeah. Um, the what you're doing is you're solving is. puzzles, which make you feel like you're solving a mystery. You're having to think. You're right. having to like sort of puzzle through things. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not actually solving the mystery, um, which is maybe even like a little bit of a disconnect between the game uh, and you, the you show mystery. but oh yeah 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 you kind of solve mysteries in the in the game it just happens really mm -hmm. slowly because mm -hmm. the puzzles are more of a different part of the game it's not like making up for that or it doesn't serve or represent as anything else it's just they made a puzzle game and they wanted a story to surround it mm -hmm. right but sorry i don't want to steal your thunder dean yeah yeah please no, no, no you're fine please, no, please that's, that's that's actually good to know because i've never played a latent game ever so, uh, based on what I've heard, this then is a show that is uh, that features the daughter of a video game character from a video game that is apparently barely a video game. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> that's fair. I'm sorry, I just, no, I just hate like not entirely I just wrong. hate like DS style puzzle games. I can't stand oh, them. Um, shame. <laughs> but uh, no, so this 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 uh, this little girl who's who should be in fucking school is. <laughs> approach she runs a detective agency now i guess it's her dad's detective agency or some shit and the guy comes uh, in and he's like hey i need to talk to professor layton because i have a mystery to be solved and <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and the 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 uh the the daughter very rudely knocks this motherfucker right on his ass <laughs> uh and that's is then uh, insulted when he's like keeps asking for her dad even though she is fucking 12 years old and no one would ever talk to a 12 year old to solve their fucking mystery but what's it was ageist she, and sexist she's like six, <laughs> she's like 17 i think judging judging by how old uh professor or luke was uh in that one shot that we got a professor layton because luke looked old as fuck because in the in the show in the games he doesn't look nearly that old. I'm assuming some period of time has happened. I don't know who any of these people are. As it is hard to gauge age what I would say, actually. This girl looks three years old to me. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. um... No, so this guy, this guy comes in here and he's like, my house is haunted because my family disappeared. And everyone in the audience says, there's a trap door somewhere in the house. But this is only like three <laughs> minutes into the episode, so it's going to take another 20 minutes for us to actually figure out that there's a fucking trap door in the house, even though everybody fucking knows this already. Uh, just by the mere fact that he said, I live in a house now, and my family disappeared inside the house. Yeah, it's a fucking trap door or a spinny bookcase or some shit like that. So... She goes and she's gonna go look for this. Uh, she's gonna go look for this guy. Try to solve the mystery. She is bipolar and annoying as shit. And she's walking around constantly looking through a magnifying glass. That doesn't help you. <laughs> it does not help you to constantly have a magnifying glass in front of your face. But she does it anyway. So she's going through this house and she's looking for this guy's missing family. Can, uh, and she points out what? Can we also mention that she's like looking through a magnifying glass at things across the room? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But Which would make them small. 
What if there's like a prescription label on like that painting or something? Because then she wouldn't be able to read exactly what it says, just like kind of. And now, so if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, at that distance, doesn't the magnifying glass just turn everything upside down? So what she's trying to do is shift her <laughs> perspective. She's trying right. to look at things objectively by looking at it in a way that she's not used to seeing. You see what I'm right. saying? This twelve year old moron is a secret genius. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going through here and she's looking through this mag. Oh, first off, she points out this dude's she points out this dude's tie pin, and this dude's tie pin's a very expensive looking tie pin because tie pins can look expensive. And so she's she says, she, "Oh, she this must have come that. from your, this must have come from your family." Oh yeah, she this twelve year old has like weird esoteric knowledge of tie pins. So she, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's talking to this dude, and she's like, "That tie pin must have come from your family, right? Because you're obviously broke. I mean, you bought this gigantic fucking house. That doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it ends up being true." So. She goes in there and she's looking for this dude's family. And this dude's family obviously has fallen down a goddamn trapdoor like everybody knew to begin with. And it turns out that this trapdoor is tied to the house across the street that looks like the exact same fucking house. And she, God damn it, the show. I hate it so much. And she, so and this trapdoor leads to a basement that's full of fucking gold. There's gold everywhere, and because it's also connected that's to her brother's basement. Your, your <laughs> exactly. Your father was incredibly rich, so obviously he converted all of that into gold ingots, because that yes. is a highly liquid asset. <laughs> <laughs> it can't so if it's he, hot enough. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all connected. This 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 weird under under basement thing that was built in secret under these two fucking houses. His brother had to go to school to be a realtor so he could sell the brother the house and just not say that he's his brother. And I hate it. I hate this whole fucking show. It's broken me. This show has broken me. It's so bad. It's bad. It's- pretty bad it was pretty bad (laughs) i wanted to uh... like it because of because of the professor layton pedigree and like you know obviously it's for children right so it's not going to be like something super intense i think what struck me as kind of odd about it was they did this thing where they sort of show you the clues and like they actually like make a point of like clue number one this thing like with like kind of it almost a game like bottom of the screen Yeah. yeah um and then it's like I have figured it out. This is halfway through the episode, mind you. Halfway through the episode. I have figured it out. Um, and then it's like, they, they turn to the camera, the assistant guy, and he's like, right. hey, based on these clues, have you figured it out? No? It's well, like, let's go to Deus Ex Machina to explain. And so they cut <laughs> back to Kat, and, she, and then she just like has puzzled this all together in the past like two minutes based on these clues that we've seen. Which, I mean, I guess, sure, if you're good at deduction, maybe you can figure something out. I don't know, but it's, it seems like a little bit She also implies that a 30-year-old woman has a crush on a 9-year-old in a painting! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was a little eccentric. Uh, but, and, and so, like, on, on the one hand, I kind you're of... messing with your headphones. Did I just blow you yeah. out, dude? I'm no, so no, sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, little, I have little tics sometimes. Uh, and so... So, like, on, in principle, I don't mind the idea of giving the audience a chance to solve the puzzle before we share the solution, right? It's almost like, right. it's almost a little bit like Door of the Explorer, Blue's Clues, that That's sort of exactly thing where, like, they sort of a- ask mm-hmm. you to sort of, like, and it's like, hey, what do you think? But this is kind of advanced. Like, this is asking these kids to, like, make a lot of assumptions that I don't even think that, like, 
we can justify her being able to make in the show. Um, but regardless, they, they then go through and explain how all this stuff adds up. And then there's kind of like the little bit of a twist where then like after they've like figured out like, okay, let's go down the shoot. And then we're going to solve sort of solve like mystery part two, uh, based essentially on the same clues and also heartwarming, um, reunions and, uh, all this other stuff. Um, yeah, it, it just it was, it, it, man. What was weird about it the, was there was no implication that this was going to turn into Dora the Explorer ever, and <laughs> yeah. it just mm-hmm. suddenly does. Also, heart heartwarming reunion I think is being generous because <laughs> I hated that client. That motherfucker was the most moment. selfish, oh, no. uptight, so heart- fucking prick of a human being. <laughs> Heart- heartwarming also, reunion was uh, what they what they put on the uh, the, the the show order. Um, that's not what they uh, not not my interpretation. So just to be clear on that one. Yeah. So it does. What what kind of show are you showing to children? You have a man whose whose words to his dying father. <laughs> he was his words to his dying father were, "Hey, fuck you, man. I don't need. You I don't need you, shit. dad." Fuck you! And then you can keep your inheritance for all I care. <laughs> I don't even. It doesn't. And he's just like what? serves him right for liking my brother better. Like that's a thing that you that humans say about dead humans. I, I, I don't get. I don't fucking <laughs> liking my brother better, who we haven't sense. seen in many years. <laughs> also, also, he was gonna get his true inheritance when he wanted to express his feelings to his brother by adjusting a painting. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of get it, but like, um, it was done really badly. Like, this is exactly the way uh, a Layton game would go. Is like, there's this long, complicated, um, emotional and like puzzle aspect to to the end game of whatever whatever the games were. But you spent a long time figuring that stuff out slowly, and mm-hmm. the characters are really. They're not intricate. They're pretty simple, but they have like two or three features that make them interesting. That kind of rolls up into an "Oh, I get this. This is pretty cool" kind of way, which is why the games. Mm-hmm. Are they have a semblance of a personality. The games also have puzzles to solve, which is why the games are good. Um, mm-hmm. Let me let me just say the story's not why the game is good. Sorry. And so, don't touch me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens having, when you put our host in the same room. Ixy, having Ixy and Jake on the same screen is like, it's really wigging me out, actually. It's, it's strange. It's okay, it's wigging me out, too. Same. Oh, so much. <laughs> but, but, like, the, the whole solution to this puzzle makes sense in the series and it fits but it was really stupid like they just it's not a 20 minute solution and they wrote it too quickly is kind of how it feels like they didn't actually think that shit through yeah because it's mystery of the week they're clearly going for um let us start and solve a mystery in yeah, the course for of like, an episode they're going for like but, scooby-doo stuff mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas in the games, like you said, it is over the course of the entire game. So, like, what I'd be super down for is an anime where, like, we're slowly, like, and there's revelations in each episode and that sort of thing. But we're slowly solving a huge yeah. mystery 
Um, yeah. Like there's like a mid-season turn where it kind of turns into like another mystery halfway through that sort of thing. And we finally get to the end of the big mystery and we have this big revelation at the end of the season, not just in one episode. And maybe that's something yeah. they're going to do like after the mysteries. first episode. Maybe the first episode was like kind of proof of concept in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a but, feeling that the ending is go- may, may have something to do with where the hell Professor Layton and Luke are because mm-hmm. I, I haven't beaten all of the games, but I'm pretty sure he's still there in all of them. Um, so, so yeah, um, he's the title I, character. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forget. Um, I forget what it was um, off the top of my head, but I actually looked this up after the fact, and um, apparently this happens during the events of one of the Layton games. So while the, the professor and Luke are off doing adventure, um, this is what's happening back home or something mm. like that. Um, so I don't know. Well, what what uh what what's interesting about that is that it seems like what you've just described is uh, a better show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's not what was, we watched. Even I mean, really, even by the standards of a children's show, this was bad. Like Jake said, Scooby Doo, yeah. Scooby Doo was good and entertaining, mm-hmm. and like the yeah, resolutions to the mysteries never actually made very much sense, but it was still a fun ride. Mm-hmm. This was just weird. This was just bonkers from top to bottom. They and really tried to live off of the legacy of the Professor Layton series and art mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. and characters and just just all of the people in Professor Layton are a little bit little bit off, a little bit weird, and that's really mm-hmm. charming. And they tried to ride twelve episodes of Scooby Doo Mystery Machine uh, Part Three. Um, on that and it, and it's Scooby Doo Mystery Machine Part Three. <laughs> yeah. Is it Mystery Machine so Doo Scooby Doo? And they had a Part Two. Did they have a Part Two? I don't. I'm I don't even a, know. I don't watch cartoons. Only anime. Man, I've got so. the box set. I have the box set of Season One of Scooby Doo from the 1970s. Oh hell yeah! Nice. Come at me. <laughs> so, if you want to watch some Scooby Doo? I guess I can. <laughs> so Jake, you, you being um, a little bit more familiar with the Layton series, mm-hmm. um, do we see uh, Cat a lot? Is she like kind of like no, a, no a, a frequent character, popular character? No idea okay. who she is. I, she um, may because be like from I could one see of the 3DS games, maybe. Okay, but I, because like I could I could see for example like if they were to take you know I, I mentioned uh, Phoenix Wright earlier because of the crossover they did. If there was like a show that spun off Phoenix Wright and we were following Trucy Wright, like that would make a lot of sense because like yeah. she's not a main character but she is um a distinct character and she's very popular i'm sure well, and, and that's what you, you know enough about her to was. know that like she could have like a cool spinoff mm-hmm. it kind of almost feels like this spinoff was like a hey so we want to do uh professor layton but we don't want to use actual professor layton um let's do use his daughter it's like well is there any justification for that or is it just like we're gonna sh- share share with you this lovable character well, and there actually we was just made up. a sequel to Phoenix Wright. I'm, I'm sure you know the Apollo Justice series came mm-hmm. after that because Phoenix. Yeah, that, that was basically was like five number four later. in the series. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix Wright lost then, his job doing a lawyer thing um, mm-hmm. for reasons that are depicted through the rest of the series, and so mm-hmm. it follows this other dude that's eerily like Phoenix Wright that that <laughs> goes and, and and does and goes and does and goes. Um, <laughs> and there have been a couple of other mainline titles in the series since then yeah, where like you get to play as phoenix and as apollo and as a, another new person yeah yeah and so maybe this tried to do that but it's not a phoenix right game so it sucks <laughs> <laughs> what i would love to see is actually an adaptation of that <clears throat> phoenix right professor layton crossover because Hell that yeah. was a cool game 
and I think it would make for a cool anime. So um, moral of the story is uh, don't care about this show, but it did make me want to see other stuff. Yeah, this show I don't know if kids would even like this show because this is like this. This show is dumber than Blue's Clues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this, like this show is dumber than Dora the Explorer. Like it's, yeah, it's stupid, and and it's, I don't know. I don't even know if children would like this. My uh, my final comment about this show is scupulous dog. Scrupulous. Oh dog. God, the scrupulous <laughs> right. dog Best character and the, the dog. The, show. <laughs> the scrupulous dog. fucking dog. Oh the scrupulous God, dog and him. the dog that talks for no fucking reason. The, a dog. The sidekick talks. dog was obnoxious, dude. Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna have like the yeah. do- talking dog character, make him cool. Yeah, there was make no him funny or something. But in the real series, boy. Yeah. Boy. But it got yeah no. Uh, yeah. They're paying they're literally paying a guy to do voiceover that is literally nothing but annoying. It's it's just annoying. That's all it is. Ugh, I hate this show so much. <laughs> yeah, so, Same. Yeah, Scru- Scrupulous Dog is best girl. Um, Absolutely. That's 100%. <laughs> that's basically all you need to know about this show. Scrupulous Dog is best girl. I love oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so ratings for this show. Uh, I'm actually going to give it a one for art. I really liked the art style of this show, uh, but nothing else about it was good. I I also agree. The art was really nice. I mean, it's it's the original Leighton art, and that shit always looked right. amazingly cool. Like mm-hmm. it, that has always been the best part, other than the puzzles of Professor Leighton, is that the art looks great. It makes all the characters look detailed and unique. Like every character looks different. Except for the two brothers, because one of them looked like he got like dropped on on, on the head as a child with the face that he made. The the thigh gap on the one brother, though. Hey, <laughs> excuse me, I'm gonna have to rewatch this. His, no, his legs were drawn like he had the, he had like a like, like a space between his well, it's legs. Like real square. The space between his little freaking bendy straw legs were were was like mat like you could drive a fucking truck between these <laughs> motherfuckers legs Hell that's yeah. episode three <laughs> uh dean what are what are your ratings for this show same fucking one for the art because it was unique and interesting and i just the rest of this was so garbage fucking fucking yeah fucking garbage truck on fire going over a cliff like the worst shit i've ever seen is <laughs> so wow. bad this, uh, this was a good week chris <laughs> Um, uh, do I want to give a one for the art? Uh, no, because like I did like how they replicated the game, but it also wasn't super impressive. It was well done. It wasn't something that blew me away. Um, I almost want to give it a one for audio because I like that they kind of um, recycled some of the Layton uh, music. Um, like I recognized a few of the the tunes. Um, but I'm not going to give it a one for that. Um maybe I might give it a one is kind of like a combined they evoked the game decently but then they also didn't at all so I'm just probably going to go ahead and land on straight zeros unfortunately that's fair Jake fair. do you want to tell us about our next show oh Libra I? of Nil oh, and Mirai um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look at my pants while I discuss this show not because I don't uh, not because I have like a synopsis or anything down here, but just because my pants are really interesting today. Just um, took notes about this show on your dick. Yeah, hey, it's got, <laughs> most, it's got the most surface area. What? What? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so this is like 
1930s-ish time, and some girl agrees to an arranged marriage um, to save her father from being broke. And her little brother gets really mad about it, and she she tells him, "Shut up! This isn't this doesn't concern you." Um, and then and then she buys a bunch of great shit for him, like eclairs and a book and whatever. And then uh, he douses himself in oil and lights himself on fire in his bedroom uh, because he's holding a book, and that's what this show is about. <laughs> it sums it up pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, if y'all if y'all want to add on more, that's great because that's what I remembered. Uh, Imperial Library Intelligence Asset Management Bureau is my contribution to that. I remember now. I went up to go make a drink for like half of this show because <laughs> someone really wanted our name to, uh, to spell Libra. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, gee. Oh, God damn it. They didn't do that just for that. <laughs> no, it's, they did. it's I Liam. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, in, maybe in uh, Nihongo. Iliam. It was, uh, it was uh, spelled better, but it sounds stupid in English. It's like, it's, it's just basically G-men who go around collecting cursed <laughs> books. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese style so, books. One other thing I should probably add is that this is yeah specifically Napoleon. Japanese style books. <laughs> yeah, so this is about one mildly attractive and faceless girl uh, surrounded by nine or ten really um, annoying and attractive men, uh, as we have seen many times before on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that didn't. I don't think if if any of us were into that, it would have saved this show. I don't think so either. Like, okay, so I, I mentioned before we got started, uh, and I just want to go ahead and share this real quick because it's just, it is humorous. Um, so you know, on Crunchyroll, right? So like when you stream something to your TV, like it tends to pop up when you first start playing. It's like, hey, you're right. watching this show, episode one. They give well, like a little bit now. of a sort of like the 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 synopsis they share on the episode. Mm. And so usually that's like relatively quick. It's kind of like a quick pitch for like, hey, here's what the show's going to be about. And then when I turn this one on, I'm just struck by this wall of text that appears, and like it goes like off the little bubble they put at the top of the screen for it and so i just want to read this for you real quick because it kind of tells you like i knew what sort of show this was going to be right from the beginning <clears throat> in a japan where the taisho era didn't end after 15 years but went on for another 10 additional years the eldest daughter of the financially declining kuza family sugumi resolves herself to a marriage she doesn't desire for the sake of her family however hitaki her younger brother vehemently opposes the marriage and after a fight with sugumi uh, shuts himself away in his room and attempts to kill himself Sugumi blames himself for her father's suicide or her brother's suicide, but two mysterious men appear identifying themselves as part of the Imperial Library Intelligence Asset Management Bureau and reveal that her brother's suicide might not be as clear cut as it seems. So, yeah. I all right. I want to talk about this family not having money because this family <laughs> no longer has money. So the only the only assets they have left are an entire staff of servants, <laughs> towels. And their house. <laughs> there is no furniture in this house. Oh, and tea. They have tea. Yeah. Mm. And no she has the disposable in income to go and drop no less than like 60, 70 bucks in a day at like a used bookstore and an eclair shop and a bunch of other places like that. Yeah, I. 
I stopped after a point because it was getting to be just all the time. But like the first five or ten minutes of this episode, I just pointed out all the times where there was like nothing on screen. Like they show a shot of the town. Yeah. And there's like three people on the sidewalk and a single car in front of a building. And it's just like a full fucking town in the middle of the day. <laughs> like the buildings all look super interesting and different. And there is nothing else. Yeah, I was I was gonna react to that and enjoy it a little bit more, except I might have been uh, consuming alcohol while we were watching this episode of anime, um, so I didn't notice a fucking thing about it because I was so glazed over trying to make it through twenty two minutes of Otome. In uh, in MC's bedroom, she has a coat rack and a bed, and I think that's it. <laughs> Like no the towels. brother has like a has like a bench and a bed or not a bed like a desk and a bed, like that's what and a that's Japanese what the style has. book and something that in a gigantic fucking house by the way. Which if they're so fucking broke, why are they still living in a gigantic? This is just like the fucking last show. It does it doesn't make any the financials just don't work. <laughs> Well, what, what, uh, which, uh, if we've learned any from like Victorian era fiction or fiction about the Victorian era, financial ruin for rich families is very different from financial ruin for us. Um, so take that as you will. Um, but yeah, like the whole the whole thing too is like this girl's quirk is that she can see the hour of the auras, the auras, the auras of these uh, cursed tomes. And the reason these these tomes are cursed is that they um, are like imbued with the emotions of the writer, and that's why Japanese style books are going to have them more commonly because someone's directly writing in them, um, as opposed to them being kind of just like reprinted um, after the original manuscript. So uh, after um, printing became more common in Japan it became less common to have these cursed tomes, uh, but there's still a need for this agency for those few books that still exist um, that apparently caused people to burn themselves alive because whoever was writing it was just really angry and thought a lot about burning people alive. Probably themselves. Yeah, this is this is a question I have about this, is what's the what's the connection between the book and the method that you attempt to commit suicide? Because the one dude who was like the son of some fucking, fucking, fucking mover and shaker tried to like hang himself but uh, or he like had a cord that he was actively he was pulling strangling that's strangling himself which also isn't gonna work because if you're pulling on yeah. a cord <laughs> trying to strangle out. yourself you're gonna pass out and when you pass out you're gonna let go of the <laughs> thing and you're gonna start breathing again and blood is gonna flow again because you passed out because you can't keep pulling like out a thing when you passed out! Hours. Well, I mean, <laughs> we do know that it was a failed suicide attempt, so maybe that was how it failed. It wasn't just failed, it was stupid. That is a stupid <laughs> suicide attempt. That is a dumb way to do it, and I disagree with it wholeheartedly. Not because it's suicide, but because it was the most ignorant shit I've ever seen. Also, I think <laughs> Dean's message of the day is if you're going to kill yourself, do it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so annoying. Don't, please don't kill yourself. Uh, there no, are don't kill yourself. Don't. Yeah. Yes, there are hotlines yeah. and, and and shit like that. Don't 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 hurt yourself. It's a bad thing to do. Uh, at the same time, don't do it by trying to fucking kill yourself with a, with a cord that you're holding. I... It's about. I'm commitment. so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it's about commitment. <laughs> 
It's <laughs> not about commitment. There's, this, this show they, they didn't really explain like it. That, that we can riff on. <laughs> they, they didn't explain it in the show, but I think they kind of implied it, at least the way that I read it. And again, this is another one that I wasn't paying super close attention to. Like the night I was watching a couple of these shows on Crunchyroll specifically, there was like a bee in my apartment. So I was kind of distracted trying to kill the bee. Um, <laughs> so, um, so um, <laughs> that was the thing that was happening that night. Um, but I think that too, like they... Like, there's actually, like, something kind of interesting with the little brother, because he liked a particular author, and I wasn't sure if this was the same author as who wrote The Cursed Tome, but it would be interesting if it was. I'd have to go back and check this. Mm. But, like, it was kind of interesting that he seemed to be, like, really into her writing. Um, and so if it was the same author, I could see kind of being, that, like, this tome actually was kind of, like, getting in his head a little bit, and that was kind of informing why he felt so strongly about this author and her writing. Um, or it's almost like a reverse thing where, like, someone who, you know, w- when we read a really good book and we're kind of invested in it and we're getting immersed... Um, we're getting emotionally um, attached to it. Um, we can feel something very real by reading something and having kind of like an indirect connection with the author in a way, whether or not it's actually real or whether the connection we think we have is the one they intended, etc. Um, and so I think he like even had what sounded to me like a quote when he was about to immolate himself um, that sounded like it might have come from the book he was reading. And so I almost right. wonder if the method of suicide is informed by what was in that's that that is what i was wondering is is if the if the 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 method and the book are connected because the aura of this book was fiery um mm-hmm. they said like they fire. said the auras for the books were always either fiery or there's one other option i don't think the electrical fi- electrical electrical yeah so i don't think the fire was necessarily tied to the fire of him trying to burn himself Cause like, well, that just sounds like uh, poor decision making in the writers' room. I agree. What what would the I mean, what would the aura be for trying to strangle yourself? Little ropes tentacling out. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh. What would the aura be for for uh, uh, autoerotic asphyxiation? That's what I'm oh, curious. I don't about. know if I want to answer that question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would implicate me in some way, shape, or form. I'm not. Well, because okay. the other thing too is that aren't auras supposed to be typically something that's more felt than seen? So right, mm-hmm. exactly. So maybe there's just something too, like the way that it tends to be visualized is through fire or oh, this looks like el- I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I like they could they could visualize stuff, right? So like almost like video game star, like maybe have like this kind of like shadowy aura or something like that, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would do it in a way that's kind of like re- reflecting the mood more so than the actual content, if that makes sense. So what is the emotion being felt by someone who is, um, you know, strangling themselves as opposed to um, trying to show the the actual implement? So Shitty design choice. Why did the aura burn the book? When you can see the aura, the book looks burned. Um, why the fuck? I think the book just looks burned after the fire. That after the fire, because he was it, holding the, the book case? when he burned himself. So I think that's why the book got burned. Definitely because possible. They show it. Yeah. They show the book later from the other people's perspective, where the book is not on fire and it still looks burned. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just missed that. I guess. Uh, I'm I'm really interested uh, to see how this show goes because like so in the first episode we get books where the emotion is suicide, um, but like how do you find the books where the emotion is like sexual pleasure or like <laughs> happiness or like depression? Well, if it was happy, it wouldn't be cursed. 
C. I <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, yeah, no. All, uh, any emotion means it's a cursed tome. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I, I was almost intrigued actually by this concept because like if they had told the story a little bit better, um, it is kind of an interesting idea that like you're trying to hunt down these cursed tomes that do cause people to do weird things. Like that's you know that's a worthy thing to you know like make a show about. Right. Um, and then right at the end, it turns into a reverse harem anime. Um, and it just doesn't seem like it's got any promise at that point. I'm, I'm, right. I'm shipping MC and the, the director. Same. Who, uh, stopped her from. <laughs> oh, the woman, the, the woman, the, uh, the woman, who's, oh, yeah. the woman who stopped MC from squeezing thorns. Yeah, we we were watching this, and I was thinking, like, what if what if this one pairing keeps us through like twelve episodes of this garbage show? <laughs> it just never happens. You're just like, right. oh, fuck this show. This is the <laughs> that's the thing about this show actually that kind of interested me was um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm interested in the mystery of this. I'm interested in in the story they're trying to tell here. I actually am like legitimately interested in it. It's fair. Um, wow. at the same time, I also don't give a fuck. So it's it's weird in that the idea of the cursed tomes, the idea that these books can make commit suicide, all this other stuff, it's all really cool, interesting ideas. I love it. Also, I don't give a shit about these characters, and I do not care what happens to them. So it's... I'm in a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that place is called, huh, if only I watched a better anime. <laughs> <laughs> you could like go ahead and do that and then you would no longer be in that place <laughs> that's definitely possible I, I, I just it's I don't know it could be good I think that's where I am it could be good and uh, I don't think it could I mean whatever whatever hope I might have had for it was kind of dashed when we got to the ending it was just a bunch of pinup shots of dudes oh my god my, um, my hope for it was dashed in the first intro sequence where they show the guy with heterochromia yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the, guy, the, the guy with heterochromia shows up I just die laughing to be I, fair I hate, it, look up I hate every Go anime ahead. character with heterochromia. I don't think it's an attractive. <laughs> well, that's because trait. in anime, oh, stupid as hell. That's because in anime, uh, it's 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 like the uh, it's like the butterfly meme, where it's like heterochromia, <laughs> and is this a personality? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. It's like if I wanted heterochromia in an anime, I can go watch a good show like Dynamic Chord. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, God. Exactly. I, I do have to say, though, the heterochromia in this show is Christmas-themed. His eyes are red and green. Ah. Oh, that makes it I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the, actually, one thing that bothered the shit out of me is the, the intro, the OP for this show. It's an idle intro. Mm. It's an intro for an idol show. <laughs> yeah. Again, like any any point at which I might have taken the show seriously, they keep undercutting themselves. I know. And there's a thing where, like, if a show has already become popular enough and become enough of a phenomenon, um, then I could see you justifying, like, hey, everyone was super hyped for, let's just say, as an example, My Hero Academia Season 5, if we get to that point. Um, I could see them doing, like, kind of an idol sort of intro, and it's like, hey, look at all these characters we know and love, and let's have some fun with this. When you open a new show with an idol intro, it just kind of seems like pandering in a way that has nothing to do with the actual show. 
Um, and it just, like, doesn't seem justified. Like, at it, it, the end of the show, even, I could see how, like, having the idol sequence is like, hey, look, I've come to know these characters and I really like them. Um, like, I actually saw someone on Twitter say something that I kind of, like, totally identify with, which is um, watching a show for the first time, watching an opening for the first time versus going back and rewatching the show later. Um, and the first time you watch it, it's like, who is this person? I don't give a, I don't care. Who is, like, I, why, why are we looking at this person? They look terrible. I don't like them. And then you go back, it's like, that guy. Oh, I know that guy. I like yeah, that guy. Yeah. And so, like, when you see them in the opening, yeah. you're like, I see you. But, like, when you do the idol opening for a show where we have no idea who we're supposed to like or why, it is purely just... It's just to show um, the female watchers watching it, presumably female. I mean, anyone can watch this show. It, who, it's a shoujo. Like, it's get. actually tagged as shoujo. Uh, so. yeah, it's, uh, it's an otome. It's an adaption of a uh, female dating sim. No, like, are like, you? Are you? Is it a, another <laughs> fucking dating sim adaption? Well, there are a lot of those. Dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh. Oh, sorry. Why? Why? Why are you still here? Ugh. It's. It's so. It's. Why do they keep? Why do they keep doing that? Some of them are good. <laughs> we haven't I mean, found a good one yet. I know that's what I was about to say. <laughs> oh no! I, so the the one we covered uh, earlier wasn't bad. Yotsu Yotsuyo Yotsuyo Biori. I fuck if I can pronounce that. <laughs> Yotsuyo Biori. Sure, I'll take your word for it. That one wasn't bad. I actually, kind of enjoyed that one, but I don't remember it at all. There have M- been a couple MC that were hot, hot garbage. But sure. like the dating sim adaptions, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. and it, it's just it's just not going well, guys. I mean, the best show we've had this season was what? What was the best show we've had this season? Actually? Uh, let's see here. We had a thirteen Megalobox. Mm. Oh, mm. duh, Megalobox. Yeah, mm. <laughs> so good, <laughs> fucking great, so fucking good. <laughs> Jake oh wasn't God, I Jake wasn't it. even on that episode, so there's just a zero in his column. Fuck. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I think for that one, we would just call it like an NA and not count it toward the average. But can I just right. give it? Can I give it a retroactive five because it's fucking amazing? Actually, <laughs> four. It's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So in that, in that week, it was a thirteen out of fifteen, which is you know better than just normal thirteen, which is still rare. You guys in think, our did, system. Have you guys seen episode eleven? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I'm of actually the, of the cool, only on like, like episode two, so I need to. Well, catch there's up. a really cool moment in episode eleven where the kid starts rapping. And it's like kind yes. of a music video. It's super fucking cool. I think the oh, shit out of it. Oh, I lost my shit so hard. I'm sure Ryan heard it through his headphones. I was just like, <laughs> and I'm freaking out about it. But yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's good. We haven't rated this show. Um, zero. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna give it a one because the art was kind of cool. Oh looking. no! All right, I'm gonna, also gonna give it a one because I really like the art for the show too. Uh, I actually told told Jake as we were watching it like, <laughs> why why is it only Otomes which have this art style? Why can't we get like a normal fucking show with this art style? Yeah, the hair was cool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that just me? Like the uh, the hair yeah, stood did, like, out the, to me like, as being like really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looked great. Chris, yeah, I actually did notice the art style, so I'll go in and I'll go in and give it a one for that. Um, maybe propped up a little bit by what was kind of a cool concept. Um, 
not enough to impress me in any other way. But <clears throat> I'll get, go to give it a one for art slash beginnings of a cool premise. Yeah, yeah, sort of being interesting, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dean, I'm same. I'm same. I thought the like, like I said, the hair really stuck out to me as being really cool looking and, and sort of dynamic and interesting. Um, yeah, one for the art, uh, for everything else. Um, it was, it, it was, man. I wish, wish it was good. I really wish it was good because this isn't a shitty concept. It's, it could be very interesting, but it's just probably not my cup of tea. I don't think. Yeah, well, that's fair. This has been episode 31 of Antifiles. A shorter episode, which is nice after like four <laughs> seven show episodes in right. a row. Just went fucking forever. Um, and also nice because I had to work today. And it is the weekend. And I already worked a lot this week. I am rip. Rip in peace, me. Sissy's working for the weekend. (laughs) And working on the weekend. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks. Um, We're going to cover sequels. It's not a thing we normally do, but there are a lot of like really big names. For the first time in any file's history. There are a lot of really big name sequels this year. You know what sequel we're not going to cover? Fooly Cootie, Cootie. because the Japanese dub has been delayed until November. So in November, we will review Fooly Cootie. You going to watch the the English dub? Yeah. You're a braver man than I. I'm too excited. (laughs) I'm too excited to not watch this show. Like it's. If you think it's good, tell me, because I'm kind of on the fence between Ryan and Dean right now. I. uh, You think by 2018 we can get like a good dub for like a, a beloved show right like the original one like I, I mentioned this to you guys off the air how I started watching Fully Cooly mm-hmm. I got on Amazon <clears throat> because that was the only version I could like find legally and I didn't want to pay for Hulu um, and I was just struck by how beginning of Funimation the dub is um, I thought it like was I, I remember at one point I saw episode one with the Japanese dub and it was so much more nuanced and expressive and yeah. good. And then I watched the English <laughs> dub and like, well, there were some things that jumped out at me more because like I wasn't I could look at the screen. I could just be listening like there is something about hearing your own language where things will strike you differently than trying to read something. Right. And it moves um, so fast anyway. It's really hard to tell yeah. a translate like it's really hard to keep up with that six core episode gauntlet arc. with like mm-hmm. yeah. some translation like that that's already mm-hmm. kind of difficult it's already difficult to do with subtitles but but i will say the the english dub that i listened to made the show have a very different feel yeah. than i had when i first watched the first episode in japanese um and i haven't seen anything past episode one in either dub so i'll be experiencing it for the first time in english for better or for worse um but yeah the 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 acting is there there it is <laughs> it is not yeah. not great it is yeah. serviceable I think I saw the I'm gonna go back and watch like, I'm gonna go back and watch the six episodes before I watch progressive definitely um I'm gonna go back and just rewatch fully cool it's been years so I need to I need to go back and reacquaint myself with that story and then I'll watch progressive and yeah probably the English dub because 
I'm pretty excited. <laughs> well, I took it off our list of shows to talk about, and I don't give a fuck. I really <laughs> liked Fooly Cooly, and I am super skeptical about the second season. So I won't be going out of you my al- way you also, to, to watch it early. You also took off Steins Gate Zero, which may be a little bit sad. So I'm going to have to go and watch that on my own. Yeah, so, all right. right, let's. Uh, the shows we're going to cover next week are Full Metal Panic, Gigage no Gigage no Kitaro, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Sword Art Online Gungale Online, or Sword Art Online Alternative Gungale Online, and Cutie Honey Universe. And so for most of those, my reasoning was they're all really old shows. So they can't reasonably expect you to have knowledge of the previous series. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then SAO, my reasoning was it's a completely different story following different characters. Is it it's, written by someone else? It, and it's, yeah, the author even is different from the normal SAO story. <laughs> um, and so you don't need to know anything about the SAO universe. It's effectively a new franchise. Uh, so that was my reasoning for that. Steins Gate Zero, though, I've heard you do actually need context from previous episodes. Um, yeah, so just to give my my reasoning for the shows I chose, uh, if anyone. So so sequels, but more or less standalone sequels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cutie Honey Universe is from the same people who made In Another World with My Smartphone. Oh. Promising. So, I don't know if that means much to me because Cutie Honey, I didn't like the the original of. <laughs> Never seen it. Uh, but they did make some. They did some Sailor Moon stuff. Yeah. Uh, Vampire Hunter D was them. So there's been a couple of good shows in here. Um, See, I didn't like the this. original Full Metal Panic. So Jake and I Fool. are gonna get to Fool. duke it out next episode. <laughs> I need to watch that. That's God, been on my queue for. You really don't. It's it's very much like early two thousands anime. But if you can embrace that, oh, I don't it hate is a that. trip. Yeah. And also, yeah, I don't hate that. There's a lot of that's rom-com. some of the better Gundam stuff is is that, with the exception of uh, uh, Wing or Zero. I think Wing. I think all of it's um, bad. That isn't Full Metal Panic. So hey, because I was like, oh, this is this is like a this is like a Gundam show, but it's like funny and interesting. Well, so, is Gungale the uh, is Gungale the uh, Sword Art Online, but a fucking fucking Battle Royale. Uh, <laughs> no. So, we'll talk about it in two weeks. I'll 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 give you the rundown after the podcast. Okay. But on the air, we'll talk about it in two weeks. Because I saw a, I saw a, uh, I saw a tweet that was like Sword Out Sword Art Online uh, Battle Royale or something, and I was like, is that what they're referencing? Oh boy. So, no. listeners, check us out. In two weeks, to hear Jake and I fight each other to the death over Full Metal Panic. It's, it's a $20, a ticket. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty reasonable. The, the, PayPal is fine. They're actually serious about that, by the way. Like, yeah. they're literally in the same room. They will be fighting to the death live on Twitch. No, I'm going to destroy um, this man next to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this has been Annie Files. You can find us in podcast form wherever podcasts are found, on the iTunes store, on the podcatcher of your choice. 
we're hosted by Alternative Internet Radio. Uh, you can find us at AIR, AIRAD.io. There's the letters. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Took me a minute. That didn't sound right. Uh, where you can find other shows on the network, including uh, Drinky Files. Jake, ah, hey. what are you drinking today? Uh, gin and lemon juice and ginger and honey. And I have an 18-year Glen Levet. His is way better than mine. <laughs> mm. And you're Lefroy. An That's not a bottle. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just the fucking cap off the box. The cap off the tube. <laughs> That's great. And for what it's worth, this was a uh, TX blended whiskey. This has oh, been yes. episode 21 of Drinky Files. <laughs> I've been your host, Ryan. You can find me on. I didn't actually tell you where to find. Where else you could find this podcast? Uh, <laughs> you can find us on on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, the channel is Xirsi. That's I X I R S I I. Um, and if you really like the show, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Xirsi. Uh, I've been your host, Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Xirsi and any list user Xirsi. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at K-R-U-E-G-E-R underscore Chris. I'm also a co-host of the backward-compatible.com podcast, where we talk about games and new media with a splash of academia. And I'm the co-host of the Doc and Kruger cast, the official podcast of Doc and Kruger Games. Dean, work. Speaking of which, uh, just a quick, quick little shameless plug. We actually just finished a uh, crowdsourcing or crowdfunding campaign for a uh, vinyl release that we teamed up with the band Xanthacroid. Um, we designed an original strategy game that's going to be printed as part of the packaging for their vinyl release, limited edition um, double album. So it's like three vinyls front and back. Um, it's going to be pretty sweet. So I've, I've, play, I've, I've played it. It's, it's pretty fun. Sweet. That's amazing. Why are you guys so cool? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Speaking of cool, Dean, the Church of Satan recently responded to one of your tweets. Where can people find you? <laughs> Uh, with that in mind <laughs> there's a ton of okay so there's people arguing on one of my tweets and it's 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 actually it's, it's an interesting conversation that's happening but they brought the fucking church of satan into it <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just I, it it blew me away because the church of satan twitter account's hilarious and and the fact that they responded to one of my tweets it, it blew my mind but um yeah so you can find me on twitter at dino files no spaces no dashes uh, you can also find uh, Air on Twitter at Altnet Radio. You can find uh, my show Dino Files uh, in the same places you can find this show. Usually, mostly uh, Podcatcher, your choice, iTunes, blah blah blah. Uh, and I write at the Rogue File, RogueFile.com. Uh, and this weekend, I am taking upwards of six or so political quizzes. And I'm going to be comparing the results and seeing which quiz I thought was the better one. So I'm doing cool. that because last week was dark as shit. And I'm trying not to do that again this week. <laughs> so Dude, that was yeah. been a uh, interesting week in politics. We're not getting into that right now. but uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I also just did. Oh, I want to plug this too. I just did yesterday. I recorded an episode of uh, Mance Raider's podcast, Free Man Beyond the Wall. Um which he posted today. So if you want to check out another political podcast that has, he's got great guests all the way through his back catalog. It's, 
it's really interesting and we had a really fun conversation and that's up it's episode 121 and there are again his back catalog is amazing so i was on that show and uh i thank mance a lot for letting me do that because he's he's a smart cool guy jake where can people find you um, I can be found on Twitter at 9 underscore C-I-R-N-O-B-Y-L. Um, you can find me on AnnieList at C-I-R-N-9-B-Y-L. If I've gotten any of this wrong, correct me, because it's been a while since I've been on here. Um, no, you're right. That's, that's just about anywhere that you can find me. Um, if you find me anywhere else, I probably don't want to talk to you, but I, I'm sure you're a really cool guy, and I love you. <laughs> or gal. Yeah. I still don't like CG. Gentlemen, we have made history today. I know. I am. I am updating the counter. The number of episodes since Jake referenced JoJo's is for the first time a non-zero number. It was really hard. I would like. Oh wow! I would like to thank the Academy for the support. (laughs) Sorry. Nobody joined me in the slow clap build-up. Holy shit. This is amazing. However, I don't even have it on screen, but I can't update the counter of the number of times since Dean referenced uh, fucking uh, Gundam. Gundam. God damn it. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.